We want to put on the screen we heard uh, Sister Cassandra this morning uh, began to put into the music. That's how much we want to participate in this, right? Now, we, we want to make sure we put that on the NALT, uh, Philippians chapter 4, just verse 6 and verse 7, because uh, this is something that you, you're going to be really eating and tasting, all right? Uh, Philippians chapter 4, that Bible, the Bible said the word, is, the word of the Lord is good, amen? Uh, and then it said, oh, taste and see, right? All right, now in Philippians chapter number 4 and verse 6 and 7, there's, there's a confession uh, that we are doing uh, right after the book Ephesians here, Philippians chapter 4, and just verse 6 and verse number 7. Uh, we're going to do it together. Said number one, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank God for what he has done. All right, now that's our confession. That's, that's our confession. I hope that you will begin to do that. I think I saw you last week. You showed me a, a T-shirt that you have that on. Uh, uh, make sure you show it to the first lady because you have to get her approval. All right. Uh, it's not my approval. That's, that's the approval woman over there. All right. But that's what we got to do. One more time. Let's do it again. It says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank God for what he has done. Now that's what we're going to do right now. Would you put your hand together? Let's thank the Lord for what he has done. No wonder the Bible said God has done great things. Amen. So we have to thank God for what he has done. Now this is how you enter into the more when you begin to thank God. You can be seated when you begin to thank God for what he's already done. All right. Now, my, my assignment today has been clear because God gave me this. At the beginning of the series on the temple of God, what God gave me was foundation. That's the first thing he said to me about foundation. Uh, uh, once upon a time, I had a chance to minister this, and, uh, but God wants this in this series on the word foundation. So let's go to that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, we're going to be looking at verse 9 through 17. Uh, I, I, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 9 through verse number 17. Usually I read verse 16 and 17, but really it has to be read in, in, in this uh, order so you can begin to understand what the Apostle Paul was saying to the church at Corinth. Of course, he would let them know they are the temple of God, but he's going to also let them know uh, that what he's doing before he got to that message. First Corinthians chapter three and verse number nine. Are you there? All right, let's read together. And verse nine said uh, in the King James Version, he says, now he that planteth and he that water are one. And every man shall, give, shall receive of his own reward according to his own labor. Now remember, when he used the term labor, you know he's talking to the church of God because we are not under labor. Uh, we are under grace, right? So you have to, those words allow you to know that he's talking to the church of God. All right. Now in verse number 10 says, according to the grace of God, which was given unto me as a wise master builder, Watch these terms. I have laid the foundation. Now, that's very important. I have, past tense, say that with me. I have, I have laid the foundation. 
And then he told us what we are to do today. He said another bill thereon. So as a pastor, my job is to build on the foundation that's already been laid. All right. Then he said, but let every man take he how he builded thereon. And then in verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. All right. Now he said, now if any man build upon this foundation, now these are the key thing why you know the, the Lord had the Lord was coming. So you got to you got to have that in your heart when you hear Paul teaching. His job was to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. All right, so here he would say, now if any man build up on this foundation, he's talking about Christ. Gold, silver, and precious stone. Say it with me, gold, silver. Pressure stone. Now, then he says something that's wood, hay, and stubble. So he's giving you the total opposite. Now, if anybody knows anything about gold, silver, and precious stone, they can be tried in the fire and they're just going to get better. Come on now. Gold, silver, and precious stone can be tried in the fire, but it's just going to make it better. All right? But he says wood, hay, and stubble. Now, what happened when they did in the fire? That's right. It's destroyed. Now, that's what he relating that to. So he says, now, every man's work that I'll let you know, that's not you. Every man's work shall be made manifest when? In the day. That means when the Lord came. Shall declare it when the Lord come. Because it shall be revealed by fire. Somebody said fire. So if your foundation is wood, hay, and stubble, and fire's coming. Right, that's what he's telling you. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, if any man a work abide, which he had built thereon, he shall receive reward. Now, you know that's not you. You don't get reward because of your labor. So if you read this in, in the book of Revelation, you will see Israel got rewards for their labor. All right. And then in verse 14, but if any man work abide, he shall, that he built thereon, he shall receive re a reward. And then verse 15, but if any man works shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so by fire. See, it wasn't his work that saved him. God had saved him. But what he was doing was not of the Lord. Understand, said the pastor was building the church, but his work was destroyed. He was saved because he believed, but he was still trying to build the church on works. All right, and verse number uh, 19 says, for the wisdom of God, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in, I'm, I'm in uh, verse, I'm not down there. Verse number 16 said, no, you're not that you are the temple of God. Now he's telling you what he's doing. You're the temple of God. This is what he, what he did. And that the spirit of God dwells in you. If every man defile the temple of God, God shall destroy uh, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now, he is relating that to them because he let, got to let them know that what he's doing, his ministry. He had laid the foundation. Now we know what he laid the foundation for, for the temple. All right? For the new temple. That's why I did one of the teachings, Christ is the new temple, right? So we know in the new covenant, you are the temple, you are the body of Christ. Get it? You are the temple of God. We know Christ is the temple. That's who you are. All right. Now, I'm going to be talking about, uh, I'm going to give my subject, but I'm going to go to Isaiah uh, chapter 28, verse 14. We're going to use this for a subject. Isaiah uh, chapter 28 and verse number 14. 
Isaiah chapter number 28, verse 14. This is a very good teaching. I believe that's going to help the body of Christ. My job is to edify the body. Build a body, amen? Right, Isaiah chapter 28. And we want to start looking at verse number 14. Isaiah chapter 28, 14 through 16. Just three verses. It says, Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men. Now, he's talking about that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. And verse 15 said, Because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell, and we are in agreement, when the overflowing score shall pass through, he's talking about the, what the Lord said, coming with fire, it shall not come near us, for we, are, we made lies our refuge. And under falsehood have we hid ourselves. But the Lord going to say in verse 16, Therefore thus saith the Lord, the, the God, uh, uh, Behold, I lay inside a foundation, a stone. He's going to name you three different ones. I lay in Zion, talking about Christ. I lay in Zion uh, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. And then he's going to say a sure foundation. And so that's why we're going to name our teaching day, Christ is our sure foundation. Say that with me. Christ is our sure foundation. Right. Now this is very important. And then for Israel, he said that he that believeth shall not make haste. See, those people that believe it would not be confounded in the old covenant or not be lost. Because that's all they had to do was to believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Your salvation is based on the free gift of salvation, which is God's grace. And you have to believe the gospel to receive it. Amen. If nothing you do, you just believe the gospel, you receive God's salvation. They had to go through a confession and that's why I want to show you uh, the foundations. And so you can understand why we believe in this house, uh, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, because that is the foundation. What did Paul preach? Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's the foundation. So you have to understand when you tell somebody, I want to make sure I say this up front, because I, I, before I get into my teaching today, I want to show you, and you'll be able to know there are three foundations. That's why you hear people name them. Uh, they will say like this. Number one, they will say, oh, well, first of all, uh, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved. Well, what they're saying is, that's your foundation. See, what, what you believe, how you say, is your foundation. So if you say, okay, I believe in Christ's death, death, and resurrection to be saved, then what becomes your salvation? What becomes your foundation? What is your foundation? Let me, let me ask you again. Right. So Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is your foundation. All right. Now, there's a scripture uh, you can find from the wife. It said in the old covenant, it says, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Just think about it. If the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Now, you know who the foundation is now. Because the apostle Paul says, I have laid the foundation. Well, how did Paul lay the foundation? By preaching Christ. Let me say it again. How did Paul lay the foundation? By preaching Christ. Jesus Christ himself did not lay the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. 
So when Paul preached Christ, uh, is that the verse I'm looking for on the screen? What shall the righteous do? You know the verse I asked for? There it is, on the screen. Uh, I'm trying to see what it says. I see one and three. That's that song and that left cone. I can't hardly see. I know one and three. Chapter 11, verse one and three, all I can really see. All right. But it, it, anyway, it says, if the foundation be destroyed. If the foundation be destroyed. Some of y'all can find out what book it is. I can't see it from that far. But it says, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Maybe you need to enlarge your fonts or something. But it said, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Now, who is the foundation? Right. So we're going to, that's why we want to show you. If I show you what the foundation is, now just think if the foundation was destroyed. Remember, we are the temple of God. And if I'm the temple of God, which I am, what, what holds me up? I'm going to give you a definition of the word uh, foundation. Now, this is very important what I'm giving you for foundation because a lot of people don't understand building a home. Number one is the word beginning. So if you're going to build a temple, what do you build first? See, everything's my subject. It's not a trick. I'm giving you the answer first so you know. If you're going to build this building, this, this church right here, don't you know that this church foundation had to be laid first? So... Every wall, as far as you can see, with these beams, these poles, if you were around, you saw them put up first. Because in the ground, they had to be anchored with cement. How many have seen a house built from the ground up? What did they do first? Right. So if you get a house built, the first thing you do, you go by, you see they dug a hole. Well, there ain't no foundation laid. And then you go back later and you, you see what they call footings. You see the outline of your house in the ground. Ain't that right? And that outline of your house is poured in concrete. That's foundation. So now what the rest of the house going to set on? You got it? Right. So that's why the foundation has to be first. Because you put the house on the foundation. Now we're the temple of God. So what did God lay first? Who laid the foundation? See, I read it and I'll come back and ask you. That's why I'm trying to see if you're getting it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, I think in verse 10, I have laid the foundation of verse 14. Uh, I have laid the foundation. So he came out and told you that. So you have to understand you are a temple. You need to know who laid your foundation. If somebody said to you, who laid your foundation? Then they said to you, what is your foundation? Right. Christ's death, then resurrection. Come on now. I'm not going nowhere until we get it. Who laid your foundation? First Corinthians chapter three and verse 11. Let's put that on the screen, the King James Version. 1 Corinthians 3, 11. I'm sorry, verse 10, I was right. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 3, 10. So once we see that, we got to know this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. I'm not going to move. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. What did it say? I have laid the foundation. Come on, what, what do you need? Come on, everybody. Who laid your foundation? Paul laid the foundation. Well, Paul laid the foundation of the church. 
And then he said, there's no need to lay another foundation. Come on now, you got to hear what he's saying. There's only two foundations in the Bible. That was the foundation when God made Adam and the foundation when God created Christ. That was, he created Adam, he created Christ. That is the only two foundations. See, creation took place in Christ's death, dead, and resurrection. Let me say it again. Creation took place when Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead. When were you created? See, you, you, that's what I'm trying to say. You, you got to be able to understand what I'm saying. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he made you righteous. You are created in Christ Jesus. The Bible told you that. See, you're not created now. Everybody was created at one time. When did God create Adam? When God created Adam, he created all men in Adam. Come on, I think with me now. He didn't create nobody else. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You don't see that no more. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's, let's run these down. We, we're going to go to them. I got to get you on this one. Because if you don't understand creation, uh, the, the, the word foundation and creation is the same word. The definition of foundation is the same word as the beginning. The definition of the word foundation is the same word as creation. And God only created two men. Come on now, you're smart. This is a smart church here now. You don't see two men, a natural man, a spiritual man. Adam and Christ, isn't that right? So that's, those, that was called creation. That was foundation. So the whole Old Testament race was foundation was Adam. Now we're going to go back and look at that in just a moment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to give you that now in 45 through 49. You can write that down. I'm going to go back to that. I'm telling you what I'm going to go to so you can remind me of it. He only created two men, Adam and Christ. Why? Because those were the two foundations. So why did God have to build, have to create the new man? Why did he need to create a new temple? And that's what we're going to find out in this one, because the old temple was not going to stand. That's why you have 2 Corinthians chapter 5 told you if this earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved. See, he already know. Why? Because the foundation has already been destroyed. See, when Adam ate of the tree of neither good and evil, he plunged the human race into sin and the, the, the foundation was destroyed. So God could not build on that foundation, the New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Man, he had to start off with a new foundation. How many hear what I'm saying? All right. So it's just like, for example, how many understand a new house? You don't put a new house on old foundation, do you? No. Why, why do that? You got to start off with a new foundation. Your life is only as sure as your foundation. Let me put it another way. Your house is only as sure as your foundation. If you bought a house, it has to be inspected before it, had to, before it can be approved by the state. See, the man don't come and go all the way up in the top of your roof and look at your house. He go to your basement. 
What is he checking? He's checking your foundation. See, that's what you have to understand. Because if the foundation is bad, the house won't last. That is what Paul is showing them in this teaching. All right, so let's go to work. Now, uh, let's do the 1 Corinthians 15. I gave it to you. Let's go there. Uh, 1 Corinthians, we already then. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and what verse? And verse 45. Let's go there because it's going to show you the two men. There's only two foundations. See, I never forget about foundations. Right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. Are you there? All right. Now, verse 45, and so it's written, the first man, Adam. Now remember, the word foundation means beginning, creation, first. Three words, right? So the first man, Adam. So that means Adam had to be foundation. He was made a living soul. The last Adam or the last foundation was made a quickening spirit. So your house is not built on natural foundation. As a matter of fact, there's nothing natural about your salvation. All right, that's 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 46. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. Can't you see the two foundations? There's a natural foundation, Adam. There's a spiritual foundation, Christ. And guess what God called them? He called one earthly and heavenly. So our foundation is what? Heavenly. Adam's foundation is earthly. All right? So you can't, now this is very important, because when I get into the, the confession that man is doing to be saved, you're going to see why your faith is in Christ's death, and resurrection, because it's the only one that is spiritual. Otherwise, it's the only one that is Christ. The three foundations. I'm sorry, the three ways people say they can be saved. All right. How be it, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And after that, which is spiritual. The first man, he back to foundation, is of the earth. The first foundation is of the earth. Earthly. The second man or the second foundation is the Lord from heaven. That's why the Bible told you that Jesus Christ is our salvation. But I'm using Christ is our sure foundation. And the word sure has a definition. The word sure means having no doubt. So when you're sure about something, you don't have any doubt. When you're sure about something, you're certain. So our foundation has no doubt in it. Our salvation has, is certain. Our salvation, we can have confidence in. See, you have confidence in your salvation. You have confidence in your foundation. See, when you're sitting up in this temple, you have confidence that the foundation is sure. See, it's one thing to be built in, in a great big mansion, but your foundation is gone. If your foundation moves at all, any, your building will crack. Let me say it again. If your foundation move at all, I'm talking about sink, any kind of way, you will see a crack in your house somewhere. 
How many ever bought a brand new house and seen a crack in the wall? Some of y'all ain't. But how many have seen a crack in the wall? Okay, you, you didn't get a brand new house. All right, but that's the thing. My wife and I had a chance to build two new homes, and that's what happened. He said, don't, don't do nothing. Wait about five years. Because if you do, you can see a crack. Why? Because the earth, that, that house is going to settle somewhere, and you'll see a crack. In this church, you'll see it. Ain't that right? So how, why do that happen? Because this ground will settle. So if your, if your faith is not in Christ, it's not sure. So when the foundation is sure, it's able to be relied on. See, I don't need to be laying in my house at night and I'm down in a hole in the morning. How many ever seen that? How many ever seen on television where these people had all these new cars and the next morning they got up, they were in a hole in the showroom. Y'all never saw that? All these cars, thousands and thousand dollar cars down in the hole because the ground caved in. See, that's why God told you don't set your affections on things this earth. All right? So that's what sure means, having no doubt, certain, having confidence, able to, to be relied on. Here's another one, able to be trusted. So you can trust in your salvation. Your salvation is firm. Your salvation is Im immovable, unmovable. And your salvation is eternal. Let me say it again. Your salvation is eternal. Your salvation is unmovable. Your salvation is firm and your salvation is, can be trusted. So you never got to be worried about your house, your temple falling in. Now you got to understand something. I'm going to tell you what Jesus was talking about because Jesus taught the same thing. Let me show it to you in Matthew 7. Jesus taught the, the same thing in Matthew chapter 7. See, the Bible talked about the, the, the stone which the builder rejected. The same has become the head of the corner. So otherwise, they were building a temple, but they didn't want Christ. And what he would let them know is, he is the foundation. So that's why we use that verse, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Because our trust is in him. So when you're saying you are trusting him, you're talking about him being the foundation. He's unmovable. He's sure. All right. Now look at Matthew chapter 7. That was Psalm 11 and verse 3. Okay, thank you very much. If, if, the, if the righteous, right. If the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Psalm 11 and verse 3. All right. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Matthew chapter 7. Now, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, uh, starting in verse 24, we're going to read down to verse 27. He's talking about two foundations because there's only two foundations. Now, if you got your Bible, you will see the two foundations. So he's only talking about Adam and Christ. Everybody understand that? Because there's only two. So you can only have your faith, your, your faith in God, on God's foundation, which is Christ, or your foundation, which is works. How many can see the two foundations? One is your works, 
wood, hay, and stubble, or God, gold, silver. You didn't, you didn't make some things. God made gold, God made silver, and God made precious stone. So he's letting you know if your foundation is what I've done. See, all those three things is, is, is who God is. Gold is God's deity. Silver is God's redemption. Precious stone is God's people. See, God created people. They call them precious stone. So you have to understand that that's what he's talking about. If you belong to him, you're going to be able to be, make it. Watch what's going to happen here. He's talked about the fire. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that said, no, we go to verse 24, I'm sorry. Therefore, come to this camp. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Now, he's talking about building the temple. Remember, that's what he came to do. Matthew told us in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. He's talking about his temple. So he's telling these guys, Therefore, whosoever therefore saying, uh, hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, I would like it to a wise man who's built his house upon a rock. Now, he's talking about Noah. Noah built a rock, remember? He says, and the rain descended. So you know it's Noah. The rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew. Now, those three things are called trials, persecution, and tribulation. And that's going to come against everybody's house. Let me say it again. It's called what? Trials, persecution, and tribulation. See, he's letting them know that's what's coming. See, Jesus 2,000 years ago was letting Israel know, look, trials are coming, persecution are coming, and then tribulations are coming. So you got to understand, you're building your house, but you don't want me. And when, and when these things come, your house going to fall. How many see what he's telling them? That's what you got to understand. Now, if you can learn from that, you got to also learn that in your life, that trials, persecution, and tribulation can happen in our life, but if we are built on a rock, we won't fall. The foundation is firm, is unmovable, and we can trust in Christ's death, death, and resurrection. Thank, thank God for somebody clapping. Amen. And verse 25, and the rain descended. Now, this is a second house. The rain descended, the flood came, the wind blew, and beat up on that second house. I'm sorry, the first house, and the first house did not fire, did not fall, because it was founded upon a rock. The foundation was Christ. How many hear what he's saying? He's the rock. In verse 26, everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be like, they will be like, he gave him a parable, a foolish man. See? which built his house up on the sand. See, this man used natural things. He used grass, wood, and stubble. See, wood, hay, and stubble. See, that man used natural things. And it says in verse number 27, he said he built his house up on the sand. And the Bible said the rain came. See, trial still came to that man just like he come to you. The only difference between me and you is if you, got, if you don't have Christ, I have Christ. The only difference in what happened is I'm able to stand. See, when the Bible tells you when you have done all the stand, stand, you got to make sure you are who you say you are. You got to make sure your house is on the true foundation. 
Because when these things come, if you, don't, if you are not built on the sure foundation, then your house is going to waver. But it can waver, it can move, but it can't fall if the foundation is sure. I don't think y'all understand. Once you hook a, 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 a tree, uh, once a tree gets so big in the ground, it can become unmovable. But there are some trees that hadn't made it yet. Now they big, but they hadn't made it yet. And you got some wind, you know in this town, you got some wind, will blow that thing right out of the ground. Ain't that right? Their roots were their foundation. That's why God talked to us about rooted and grounded. You see, we got to be what? Rooted and grounded in Christ. That's what it got to be. Rooted and grounded in your foundation. So your foundation not going to move. So if you, if you, if you let your, your, your life sink deep into the foundation, which is Christ, but listen, I've seen trees laid down and get back up. How, how many know what I'm talking about? How many see wind blow a tree all the way down like this, and it, it, it like, especially in storms, and that, when that wind passed by, that tree said, mm. <laughs> And that's how it is with us, baby. That's how it is with us. That wind can blow us all the way over, but guess what? When the wind passed by, we still standing. Why? Because my, my root is buried in Christ. See, we are, we are in Christ. We are sinking into his deathbed and resurrection. He is our foundation. The house and the foundation is one. Say it. The house and the foundation is one. That's why when Christ raised us up, he raised him up, he raised us up together. The house and the foundation is one. When God raised Christ from the dead, he raised us from the dead. We are one house. And we are called the body of Christ. And he is our foundation. All right, look, look what it says. In Matthew chapter uh, 7, verse 27, it says, And the rain ascended, the floods came, the wind blew, beat up on that house, and it fell not, and this house fell, I'm sorry, and the Bible said, great was the fall of it. That's, that's what you got to understand if your life is not in Christ. But we're in Christ, so he is our sure foundation. All right? Now, let's, let's look at a couple more. Let's look at Matthew 24, 24 while you're in Matthew. Matthew 24, 1. People don't understand something, but Jesus Christ was the one who destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Let me say it again. It was Christ himself who destroyed the temple that was in Jerusalem. See, people today are waiting, telling you, oh yeah, when the Lord come, ha. And no, he can't come because we got to build him a temple. No, no, you, you're not building him no temple. Jesus said up on this rock, I'll be in my temple. I'll be in my church. You're not building him no church. But see, man got this thing that he's telling people that he's building this temple over there. Well, he can't come yet. That's the, I always get him like that. I said, well, why, has, why can't he come? Well, first of all, there's no temple yet. And we, and we got, I said, that's not enough people neither because you got to have 12 tribes. Well, we, they're working on that. They're bringing people in. Is that right? They, they, they. They bringing people in. They trying to build a temple. Listen, you're not going to build God no temple. As a matter of fact, the last chapter, 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, in the new city, there is no temple. Now what are you going to do with that? 
<laughs> see, that's why, I'm, see, we haven't gotten that yet. That's who you are. That's why, they, that's why he didn't see one. <laughs> Praise God. You'll catch on. All right. Now, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 1, are you there? Just first two verses. Man, I got so much word for you, I can't even get to it all here. Maybe put it all in a shake and stir it up. All right, verse number one, Matthew 24, verse one. Jesus went out and departed from where? Everybody. From the temple. All right, and the Bible said, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the what? Of the temple. Now remember, Herod had built a temple for the Jewish people. And I think it was, he told them how many years this temple was in building. Anybody remember that? 46 years, somebody said. Sound good. Somebody check it out for us. Sounds good to me. All right, but, if, but in verse number two, and Jesus said to them, see you not all these things? Talking about that new temple that Herod had built. I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now my point is, how, how is it going to get thrown down? Now some of you are going to always remember what I'm going to tell you right now. And that's why I always told you, you need to always read the Old Testament types and shadows because they all talks about Christ. How many ever watched Samson? At least one time, man. Come on. You, say, God, help me to watch Samson. All right. All you got to do is just, if you, if you have YouTube on your phone or on your, just go to YouTube and go to Samson. All right. But, but how many know the story of Samson. How many heard the story of Samson? Now, the story of Samson is the same thing happened when Jesus died on the cross. Let me show it to you. See, that's why, that's what helps me to know the Bible, is to know the Bible. Because if you can see the Old Testament, all God did was reveal what the Old Testament was. How did Paul get the revelation of the temple? How did Paul get the revelation of of, of, of Matthew, how did he knew how the temple was destroyed? I'm going to show you it was Jesus Christ himself that destroyed the temple. Let me show it to you. You'll never forget. See, you have to know. Once you see this, you got to know God talked to our pastor. That sure is. But it takes a lot of time. A lot. All right? And I give him all the praise. Believe me. Now, let's go and show you. Let's go and show you what happened. While you're in Matthew, look at Matthew 27, verse 50. Let me show it to you. Remember, he just told me in Matthew 24, there shall, be not, there shall not be one stone upon another that was not thrown down. Let's show it to you. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. Matthew 27, verse 50 and 51. We're going to give you two verses. Matthew 27, verse 50 and 51. Don't ever forget these two verses. And verse 50, here it is, Jesus on the cross. I'm going to come to this camera. Matthew chapter 27, I'm going to come to my side view. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice. Now remember, he's on the cross. Come on, say, he's on the cross. Come on, tell me one more time. He's on the cross. Now remember... The Bible said, and when he had cried again, he yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was torn 
into two parts, written twain, from the top to the bottom. And he's going to tell you how it happened. The earth did quake and the rocks were split. The Bible said the rocks rent, they split. When there was an earthquake, Jesus on the cross. Now, what is he fulfilling here? He's fulfilling Samson. Let's go to the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 23. Judges, chapter 16, and verse 23. He is fulfilling Samson. See, every Old Testament type and shadow, Jesus Christ came to fulfill. See, when I go to, when I study uh, three days and three nights in the whale belly, who am I studying? Jonah. See, everything he's doing, if you know the book in the Old Testament, you'll know the book to study. So in Judges chapter 16, we're back to our front camera. And verse number 23. Judges 16, 23. Are you there yet? Here is Samson. And they had captured him because he allowed them to, because he was deceived by Delilah. Remember that? All right. Now, you have to understand, all that meant something for the Delilah to do it, okay? Verse number 23. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon. Remember Dagon? We talked about he was in the temple and they put... The Ark of the Covenant there and the temple fell and the next day the head was off, the arm was off, the stump. I mean, he told Dagon up. <laughs> but that was their God. Now this, this God was in the temple during the days of Samson. And to rejoice, watch this. Then the laws of the Philistines gathered together, they offered sacrifice to Dagon to their God and to rejoice for they said, our God has delivered Samson into our hands. He has delivered our enemy Samson. Now this is what the spirit world was saying when Jesus Christ died on the cross. Our God, Samson, says, they said about Samson, they said about Christ, has delivered Christ into our hands. Got to understand something. This thing was real. And verse 24 and when the people saw him, they praised their God. And they asked, our God, what were they saying? Our God delivered into our hands our enemy. They counted Jesus as the enemy. And the destroyer of our country. Isn't that what they said about Christ? This man, see, y'all don't know the word. This man destroyed our nation. That's why they said this. They accused him. You go back and look at when they gave the accusation. They said this man destroyed our nation. And the man says better that one man died than a whole nation. All right. It said it came to pass when their hearts were married. The next verse. Uh, he said he, 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 our enemy and destroyer. He is destroyed of our country. Who is slew. Watch what he says. Samson slew many of us. Now look at verse 25. And it came to pass. When their hearts were merry, that means they would have been drinking and partying, right? They said, call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house and he made them sport. They set them, 
they've set him between the pillars. How many know that's a cross? Come on now, just come on. How many know that's a cross? He was between two thieves, ain't that right? All right. And the Bible says they set him between the pillars. And Samson said to the lad that held him by the hand, suffer me that I may fill the pillars whereupon the house standeth. I want to be able to feel the pillars. How many know you see Christ's hands out like this? Come on, can't you see the crucifix? Put me between the pillars. I want to stand between the pillars. And watch what it says. That I may lean upon them. And the Bible says, now the house was full of men. Now watch this now. And women. The house was full of men and women. And all the lords of the Philistine were there. I mean, everybody had come to, the, to see Samson. And they were up on the rooftop, just a rooftop, about 3,000 men, just on the rooftop. 3,000 folks was looking. We, know how, we, we don't know how many was on the ground, just on the roof. 3,000 men and women. And they were looking because they made Samson sport. Everybody laughing at him. Drinking and partying. And Samson called unto the Lord and says, Oh Lord, here it is. He's on the cross. He cried with a loud voice. The first thing he says, Oh Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once. Oh God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine for my two eyes. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He cried with a loud voice. Samson took hold of the two pillars, the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, what held it up. On the one with his right hand, on the left, with his left hand. Can't you see the Lord standing in there? People don't realize, but he's getting ready to push the temple of Jerusalem down. They don't understand what's going on. Some of y'all didn't hear what I just said. He's getting ready. He's in the temple. They don't realize. He's in the temple. They don't realize. Samson was in the temple. He's getting ready to push it down. Jerusalem was getting ready to fall. First then it said, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. He bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew in his death was more than they which he slew in his life. Then the brethren of all the house of his father came and took him, brought him to the, and buried him between Zorah and Eshdol in the barren place of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel for 20 years. It's the same thing. So when I read to you in Matthew chapter 27, let's go back there again in verse 50. Matthew 27 and 50. Watch our Lord now. And there he was. Spiritually speaking, he was getting ready to push it all down. It getting ready to be an earthquake. The Bible said that was an earthquake. When Jesus cried, the earthquake 
and the rocks rent, split from where he was until right through Jerusalem. That was an earthquake. The earth opened up from the cross through Jerusalem to fulfill the Ezekiel that the water can crush out. You have to see what was happening from the cross. The blood was going right through. God's power split that old temple. And the rocks began to fall. The veil of the temple was ripped down the middle. That sin of God fell. That's why Jesus said there would not be one stone upon another that has not been thrown down. That day Jerusalem fell. Why did he have to, why? Because he had to build a new temple. My God, my God. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50 says, when he cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the chimney was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks rent. Some of these pictures you would watch Christ's death and resurrection at the end. If you ever get that for watching it, you will see they will show the earthquake and all of that temple has fell in. See, that's what you got to understand. Because at that time, Israel was in the temple at the same time Christ was crucified on the cross and they were in there worshiping God. Sacrificing the lamb. So the Lord had to destroy that. Let's go to Hebrew chapter 6. My God, my God. Hebrew chapter 6 verse 1. I'm going to read that out of the good news. And I don't usually read good news, but I like this out of that. The good news. Hebrew chapter 6. My God, my God. See, you got to know what happened. Everything fell. That's why the next verse in Matthew 27 says, how after the temple was, after the temple was, had fallen, the graves opened. The graves opened. What happened? The graves were opened and dead bodies came out of the grave and went into the temple. Isn't that something? The temple had fallen. You think they went into the old Jerusalem? I don't think so. Hebrew chapter number six. I'm going to read this out of the good news. We're closing right here. My God, my God. Boy, well, you can see this thing. Hebrew chapter six. Out of the good news Bible. Let us go forward. Paul is talking to the church. Then to maturity. To mature teaching, he says. Let's go forward to maturity. Come in this camera. We're going to go forward. We're going to go to mature teachings. We're going to leave behind us the first lesson of the Christian message. Now, what is the first message of the Christian message? Believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Thou shalt be saved. Let me say it again. So you got to know your Bible. I keep saying this to you. You got to write it down. What is the first Christian message? If you study Matthew, Paul, Luke, John. John chapter 1, verse 11, 19, 11. I'm going to give you the verse. I can't turn to it. Jesus came to his own. His own received him not. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. To as many as believe on his name. What do they believe? Believe he's the son of God. 
See, that's not your message. That's the first message that most people are right there. It says, it says, let us go forward to maturity. Leave behind the first lessons of the Christian message. We should not lay again the foundation of turning away from useless works. See, that's what people are still teaching you. They're still trying to teach you repentance. We live in a day that, the day that they are still trying to teach repentance. Watch what Paul is going to say about repentance. He says, and believing in God. Well, I thought you were supposed to believe in God. See, that's what people did. They think you have to believe in confession. That's why Romans 10, 9 and 10, you got your confession. If you, if you are trying to hold on your confession, you are saying that is your foundation. I mean, how, how many hear what I'm saying? If your foundation is Christ, death, death, and resurrection, and you are saying, okay, our church believes in, in, in our confession of faith and believe it, that means your foundation is in your confession. That's what I want to ask the church. You who believe that in your confession of faith to be saved, what is your foundation? See, the Bible said Christ is our foundation, and it says Paul laid the foundation. He didn't say Peter. See, you got to understand something. He didn't say Peter, he said Paul laid the foundation. When Paul laid the foundation, what did he preach? He preached Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. See, that's the foundation. And that's why I tell a lot of people, you believe in the wrong thing. That's not your foundation. You believe in the wrong thing. Your foundation is in your own confession. Just think about it. Your foundation is your confession. Your foundation is your belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Or your foundation is Christ's death, being and resurrection. Ain't but two. All right. And you got some folks, they won't even come there for it. They just get water baptized and that's they confess. No, that's your foundation. And you are not going to be hell up standing on water. You can forget that. All right. Hebrew chapter 6. Watch what it said in verse 2. Teaching about baptism. That's old foundation. That's why Paul says leaving Leaving, leaving the old foundation. He tell you what the old foundation is. Turn away from useless work. That's the old foundation. Believing in God. Teaching about baptism. Laying, hand, laying, uh, laying on a hand to get the Holy Spirit. The resurrection of the dead. That's all church folks talking about the dead. Jesus coming back again, going to raise the dead. Because they don't want to believe that Christ rose the, raised the dead when he raised from the dead. Colossians 3 said, we are risen with Christ. Romans chapter 6, you are buried with him in baptism. You raised again in his resurrection. But they don't want that. They want to be bodily raised so everybody can see them. Hallelujah. So you got the coveralls on. Just God work. And, and then eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. See, people still talking about you got to be judged. Listen, it's already happened. You were judged at the cross. Christ took your judgment. There's no condemnation to them in Christ. Then he said, look, let's go forward. This is what we would do if God permit. This is the verse we want to get to. Make sure you tune in right here. I'm coming up close to you. Watch what it says in verse number four. Out of the good news Bible. For how can those who abandon their faith I'm going to stay right here. You can make me, make me big. I'm not going to move. Watch what he says in the, in, the, in the Good News Bible. Though, how can he ask the question? How can those who abandon their faith, 
Now that's what happened with this church that was waiting on Christ. How can they abandon their faith, be brought back to repent again? See, this is what people are telling you to do. Oh yeah, you just repent. Paul said, you gotta listen. How can you abandon your faith? How can you be brought back to repent again? They were once in God's light. See, you might understand the key word I tell a lot of folk is you just wasn't saved. Man, I used to be a member of your church. Yeah, that's all I remember. Because once you have Christ in you, you don't walk away from God. The spirit that's in you would not walk away from God. Watch what happened. They were once in God's sight. These were the Old Testament Hebrew believers. They tasted the heavenly gift. They didn't eat, they tasted. And they received their share of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about people who was in the Old Testament beginning church. They knew from experience that God's word is good. See, they were saved by works. And they had left the power of the coming age. What was the, the power of the coming age? Did anybody here know? I just told you I'm a preacher when Sister Crumb finished. Anybody know what the power of the coming age? 2,000 years ago, Paul was telling you they left the power of the coming age. What was the power of the coming age? Romans 1.16. And they were one power, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace. See, they left Christ. They left the power to accommodate. The common age is age we in the day. The word age means dispensation. All right, here's the verse. Watch what happened. They left the powers of the common age. And then they abandoned their faith. See, we today believe folk can come into church stay for six months, a year, and leave for 10 years, come back, just jump, just, well, I'm just coming back. You, you, you don't have to come back to me. You didn't leave me. See, the key of the Bible line, I keep telling folks, this is, this, is, this is so real, most people just ain't saved. Most people that go to churches just ain't saved. That's why they're in and out, in and out, in and out. Pastor come by, don't you know I'm back? I'm coming back. Coming back. It's not me you're coming to. See, once you're in Christ, you don't leave him. He don't leave you. Once Christ in you, it's eternity. Once you're in Christ, it's eternity. You don't, it's not joining the church. That's Old Testament. You need to come to church to get the word. And a lot of folks don't come to church because they ain't got the word in them. That's not all of them. But these Old Testament believers, the Bible said they abandoned. Verse 6 says they abandoned their faith. Now watch the last verse I'm doing here. It is impossible to bring them back to repentance. You got folks just all their, all their teachers repent. Do you hear what Paul says? It is impossible to bring them back to repent again. Why? Because they are again crucifying the Son of God and exposing him to public shame. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Whole lot of people, whole lot of people think they can just, all I gotta do is repent. All I gotta do is just repent. 
No, you need to receive God's salvation. See, all of this works of repentance, that's Old Testament. Paul said, not land again. That's what they did in the Old Covenant. That's what the Hebrew did in the Old Covenant. Don't lay again the works of repentance from dead works. Christ died on the cross to deliver us from dead works. It's not something you do. Everything in the new covenant has to do with Christ and our salvation. Come, you stand on your feet, please. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received in where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Christ already died, buried, and raised again from the dead. Let that be your foundation. Your foundation is who you're standing on, what you believe for your salvation. It's Christ's death, burial, and raised again from the dead. He died for my sins. He was buried in my place. God raised him from the dead to make me right with God. That's my salvation. Hey, already up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. 